0: Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series. Interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is a terrific one, finding relevance for yourself while escaping the corporate ladder. I'm excited to have as our expert, Andy Voyles, He's Vice President Area Manager for Bank of England Mortgage. Prior to that, he was SVP and Midwest Regional Manager. And prior to Bank of England Mortgage Company, he was with First Community Mortgage as EVP and Head of Lending. Hi, Andy.
1: Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, this is a terrific topic. But before we get into it, let's talk about how you got into the business and how you got into managing.
1: I would love to. In 1997 and 98, that was my senior year in college. And I I went to the business school at Indiana University. And like a lot of folks after four years or into the fourth year, still had no clue what it was I wanted to do. I was called out of the blue by a local manager with Norwest Financial. I'm sure a lot of the folks listening will remember the old Norwest Corporation. You had Norwest Financial, you had Norwest Bank, Norwest Mortgage, which was then consolidated with, with Wells Fargo in in 99 or 2000, I believe. But I started with Norwest Financial as a college intern in December of '97. Had a very influential first manager that played a played a big role in getting my confidence there and in turning uh, into a uh, love into 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 banking. Uh, or in that point in time, was consumer finance and lending. But also, too, my mom was in banking all her career and worked in the loan department of a small community bank in southern Indiana. So growing up uh, a little bit in her shadows, banking and lending was really threatening and it just seemed comfortable, if you will.
0: That's an interesting story. So your mother was involved with banking.
1: Yes, she was. And my father passed away when I was young and uh, my brother and sister were 13 11 years older than me so she had a big influence in my life and in middle school i can remember walking to her bank after school and then going on home with her later in the afternoon so and and a lot of the folks that she worked with uh, we all knew each other very well in that small community that we lived in
0: terrific she was a pioneer to save the lease for sure so that's yes. Uh, So talk about your current challenges, which is going to lead to our main topics in a few minutes, but you're now an area manager, and what is it that you are facing that you see as something really critical in 2021?
1: Well, I don't think it's any different than what all of us are are facing, but as we put this pandemic hopefully in the rear, rear view mirror for per, you know, permanently the biggest challenge I'm seeing, and I've heard other folks on your podcast talk about it is embracing this new hybrid type culture or work model where you provide probably a little more flexibility that you did pre pandemic. And by that, I mean, for the folks that are working from home and producing well, perhaps they were always in the office before the pandemic and then there are other employees that would prefer to work in a physical office setting and have that social life or or have that office experience away from the home distractions. It seems like everybody has a different opinion and experience in that and I think that's where some of my challenges at is just being able to stay genuine and uh, real with regards to the flexibility and allowing employees to uh, to really pick and choose what's going to make them more productive and then being able to monitor that as a supervisor.
0: Well, that is going to be, I think, an ongoing challenge. You're exactly right. So what has surprised you about 2021?
1: A little bit of market volatility in rates, but we were all very blessed to have a good year in 2020 in a low rate environment. One of the things that's probably surprised me the most is that a little bit different than what I've heard a few other folks say, we all are facing inventory challenges. But one of the things I've seen as a challenge today is, is this builder's market that we find ourselves uh, facing. The builders have control of the buying process. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example, uh, if it's okay. I had a, uh, we had a client that was moving from out of state came in to do their final walkthrough on uh, the day before their scheduled closing only to discover that the builder chose to put ADA compliant cabinets in their kitchen. And there was no uh, information shared with the with the buyers before they had come and, and done their walkthrough. And the builder just put his hands up in the air and said, well, we can't get cabinets because Of the wood shortage and the manufacturing delays so we chose this path obviously the buyers were not happy with that but the builders controlled that process and ended up giving that buyer their earnest money back and then put it back on the market and sold it immediately as a spec home for a substantially higher agreed upon price than uh, what it was offered to the original buyers so those stories are unfortunately, those stories are starting to happen more and more with regards to new construction.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting story to say the least. So how do you stay on top of all these changes in mortgage banking? It's an incredible industry, but changes all the time.
1: Well, you have to have realtors that you trust and that you can be constantly engaged with. And I don't mean just one or two, but with a variety of them, because quite often your realtors will represent certain segments of the market, different clientele. Some will be more on the listing side, some will be more on, on the buying representative side. So you, you've got to make sure you've, you've surrounded yourself with an arsenal of a good diversity mix there of real estate agents that can share their experiences. And in addition to that, just making sure that you're subscribed to if it's you know national mortgage news or the daily housing wire, the agency updates, Uh, And Rob Chrisman's another great resource, just to try to stay on top of of your ever-changing guidelines.
0: Well, let's get to our main topic. And you have an incredible story to share with everyone. You've been an executive, really, a large part of your career. And you've moved back to, in essence, being in the field as an area manager. Talk about how that happened and share your
1: thoughts. Well, I could probably talk to you for a long time uh, about that topic. So I'll try to keep it as, as short as I can, and but also stay personal with it because it is a very personal uh, experience and uh, a decision that uh, required quite a bit of discernment on my part. Most of my career, as you mentioned, has been in a role that required some significant travel obligations and just being able to go from market to market, whether it be a conference related event, visiting an office. Uh, visiting a business partner, if you will. But that flexibility was always uh, was always necessary. Then comes COVID. And for the first time in my career, I found myself working from home. Uh, I had never experienced that. And I actually uh, I found myself, I enjoyed it. While I was still working 50, 60 hours a week, the fact that I was at home made it feel like I wasn't away from my family. And I had never felt that before. And then, in about April or so, when pandemic is starting to lighten up a little bit, as a company we choose to uh, a early June date to kind of lift the sanctions, if you will, and allow folks to return back to their offices and travel uh, obligations begin to pick back up, and the company goes into growth mode again. And I really was wrestling with whether or not i wanted to go back to that lifestyle while it had always been in my dna and i i, I don't think we'd even be having this discussion if COVID hadn't uh, had taken place and so here we are and i back in uh, december i began wrestling with this decision to essentially demote myself and And it kind of just rid my life of the corporate ladder mindset that had often fueled my my career growth. But the pandemic takes place and all of a sudden, Pat, I I just, the desire to travel uh, and to be away from my family, I didn't want to make that sacrifice any longer.
0: So has it been hard for you, Andy? Again, you had big corporate jobs. You managed zillions of people and many locations, and now you're in one location in an area branch manager role, so talk about that. Was that as hard or not as hard?
1: No, it was it was difficult. And I began really thinking about it more, and what would life be like? And then back in as far back as December of 2020, I had a, just kind of an open dialogue, shared some of my emotions and thoughts about it with my superiors. And one of them just asked me straight up, said, Hey, I don't want to see you do that. We need you in your present role. There's probably going to be opportunities for you to continue to expand. And I really kind of put it out of my mind. And then, then it was all of a sudden March and April timeframe, and you started to see a little bit of lightening up in the pandemic. And it was really, it was April that I came to the decision that uh, it was time to make that change. And it was hard, but get I remember that first phone call I called my boss and I went outside, and I'm walking on the sidewalk, and I just kind of threw up on him and Once I got all that off my chest and I actually just said it, i was I've been fine with it, and I have no regrets now it's still early in the newer role i'm I'm having to relearn quite a bit of things and things that uh, I had not been so knee deep with for the last ten fifteen years, but Honestly, once I got that decision, once I articulated it, I felt better.
0: So since you've now been in this new role, so do you default with maybe some corporate decisions that people in the field always think are crazy of what, uh, is going on corporately, and now you're in this local. So have you moved to now you're on the side of the, the regional people and what they are thinking versus some of the decisions that come down, let's say, from corporate?
1: Well, I've had tremendous support in this decision, and everybody's almost been more supportive than on what I thought. In fact, I've had a lot of high fives and, hey, I'm really proud of you for making that decision and when i explain to them look i've got two kids two that are in high two daughters my two oldest daughters are both in high school my son just accepted a role in travel hockey team and uh, i want to be in their lives and not be on the road in the middle of the week uh, whether i have to be at corporate or out in the field recruiting in a different state i want to be uh, relevant to my family and to myself and then also respecting the employer's aspirations i don't think if i had stayed in that role the reality is I probably wouldn't have measured up to my prior years of success because I just would have had too many obligations to to try to balance.
0: What do you see as the hardest transition point? So you've now made the mental component and you've now gone this way. And so now your family is used to having you around. So what about the office that you manage? What is going on there?
1: A little different for me in that all of a sudden I'm working with loan originators and processors and admins and processor assistants at a very intimate level. I'm back in a file at the file level, and I haven't been that much in the past several years. So I'm kind of I'm I'm relearning a lot. But those folks, they, they saw me. Uh, in a position and now they're getting to interact with me on a daily basis and for me that's been very rewarding and then they too have seen where i'm rusty and i'm asking them for help hey you know how does it how do these two dots connect because while i've known about this at a high level i've, I've got no practical experience so when i say i'm relearning a lot of things i have and i've you know i've had a couple employees make fun of me because they didn't realize i didn't know how to do certain things and i'm perfectly fine with that
0: so what's been the eye-opener with that, that how much it takes to put a file together? I mean, what's really kind of surprised you that sometimes corporate people don't really understand?
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's an easy question uh, to answer, and it has nothing to do whatsoever with delivering a file. But everything with timekeeping, managing the ADP system, and clocking exceptions for people, and Uh, Like I had an underwriter just email me that they missed a, uh, a lunch period and I've got to go back and edit their time card. And there is just an incredible amount of busy work and time in managing the timekeeping process of our industry that I completely underestimated.
0: That's interesting that you say that. What about the size of the file, Andy? I mean, when you look at what has to go together to put everything to have a closing happen, is it surprising to you that it actually even happens because there's so much involved with it?
1: Yeah, it is. And there's no two files are the same. And and then you also are trying to balance today's uh, the COVID overlays, especially with self-employed customers, and you've got some agency and investor rules that have begin to lighten up, or they've gone away, and some that still have the COVID overlays. So managing those file differences, and then having to back into some of those secondary market challenges at each file level, is uh, has been a little overwhelming. But yes, I mean, so part of this started during the pandemic when we were so busy. I started, I, I helped our closing department and I was a closing coordinator and I started underwriting files to help our underwriting team as well. So I had already started getting into the file level uh, details in 2020. And that's when I realized that was a part of when I realized I like being knee deep in the files. I like seeing the different customer experiences, uh, the LO experiences. And in a large part, that that busyness from the pandemic with Lot Fueled this decision and staying relevant to to my employees and to my family and myself and corporate.
0: So you talk about staying relevant and you've mentioned that several different times. And is it, one way to define it is that when you're in corporate and you're seeing the big picture we sometimes kind of lose the trend of what actually is happening down at this, you know, branch level. And so, what what are your thoughts on that? Is that there's there's misconceptions between corporate and actually the field, or is it that it, it's something else?
1: Maybe a little bit, but I I know that the the trust and, and relationships that I have at the corporate level, mm-hmm. uh, I want those folks to call on me. And ask for practical input or advice or uh, feedback, if you will, so that when they're exercising a decision or uh, going through how to connect dots A and B, that they'll re- they'll call on me um, and, and for advice. So, and I hope that I can bridge that gap a little bit.
0: So, have they done that so far? Or once you're out of corporate, you're out. <laughs> uh,
1: they have not so far. We'll see. Time will tell. We're only a couple of weeks into it at this point.
0: So what are your thoughts on the acceptance by at the branch level? And so these people knew you in the higher position and now you're down at their level. Has that been surprising to you?
1: They've all been very positive and encouraging. And part of that, though, Pat, was I included them in my decision to make this change. There's a lot of folks that I work with in this team that uh, I've known for 15, 20 years. And I began to go to them and say, look, this is what I'm wrestling with. What do you think? So I included them in that decision and their uh, their em- embracing of it made a big impact. In and in a, was, that was a difference maker for me to just go ahead and take the plunge, if you will, their support that is.
0: Well, that's interesting that you did that. That's really smart, actually. And so, I mean, time has flown by. We only have a couple minutes left, uh, Andy. And so what would be the takeaways that you would want our listeners to have about this process that you went through?
1: I think a lot of and I think a lot of people, especially in senior management, you tend to strive for what you want instead of what you don't want. And you've got to keep that both in perspective. There are things that your job description and your duties may expect of you or ask you to handle, but it may not be something you enjoy doing. And there has, you have to come to grips with that. Uh, back in 2017, I went through a year long coaching curriculum through St- strategic coach out of uh, Chicago, which is led by Dan Sullivan. And, and I learned a ton about myself and what I learned was what I didn't like and what I didn't want to do. And I've been wrestling with that for a few years of just making that uh, or not only making the decision, but acting upon it uh, of giving up to things that I didn't want to do anymore.
0: Is that maturity?
1: How about wisdom? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I, I guess it is. I I think so, because I, I don't think if I had rewound five, 10 years ago, I would have not, I wouldn't have made this decision or 10 years ago. The maturity and just the life experiences most certainly make an impact.
0: Well, I think it's terrific what you've done. And I think more and more people, I certainly think, will be doing that because you're raising a lot of good points for sure. So I want to thank you, Andy, for sharing your thoughts today. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Pat. Thanks for
0: listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.